During the Great Welsh Revival, Johnson Oatman's hymn, Count Your Blessings, was one of the hymns sung at every service. The refrain of that great hymn says, Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God hath done. You know that if we stop and think about it, we all have many, many, many blessings to count. And no doubt, as Ruth returned home, she must have been counting her blessings. We find the description of Ruth returning home in Ruth chapter 2, verses 17 through 20, where the Bible says there, So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. We find here in these four verses that Ruth had left home worrying, but she returned home worshiping. She had walked into a field hoping for a little and left the field happy with a lot. She had started the day with an empty stomach and she ended the day with a full soul. I've heard some Christians say, all I want is the crumbs from the master's table. Well, maybe that is why we have so many crummy Christians. I know they're expressing a kind of hopeful humility, but God is not a burl cream God. Just a little dab will do you. He is not a tightwad God, but a generous God. He is a God that, as the psalmist declared in Psalm 68, verse 19, daily loadeth us with benefits. All of us need to count our blessings and see what God has done. If we did, we would find that we need a calculator to add up the blessings of God in our life. It would not take us long to realize that we have been loaded with spiritual benefits. If we count our blessings, it will cause each of us to say what Naomi says in Ruth chapter 2, verse 20. Blessed be the Lord who hath not left off His kindness to the living and the dead. So let's consider these blessings in our life as we look at Ruth's barley blessings in the field of Boaz. First, think with me of how God enriches us through His blessings. Our text and context describes for us the blessings Ruth experienced. This had been a wonderful day in Ruth's life. You might say that this was a red-letter day in her life. It had been a day she would never forget. Her life had been greatly, graciously, and gloriously enriched. Proverbs 28, verse 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Ruth had abounded in blessings. She had been loaded with benefits. So how did these blessings enrich the life of Ruth? And how do God's blessings enrich our life? First, we see that God's blessings increase our apprehension. Through all that happened on this day, Ruth was growing in her knowledge of her new God. She was learning what her God could do and what He was like. By God's blessings in our life, we learn how trustworthy is His Word, how meaningful is His ways, and how powerful is His work. Let me show you what I mean. 
Let's look back at this day in Ruth's life. Let me remind you of what has happened and notice what the blessings of the day taught Ruth about God. First, she had learned something about God's providence. Consider Ruth chapter 2, verse 3. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light upon a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Her hap was not happenstance or chance, but providence. It was not random chance or dumb luck that put Ruth in the field of Boaz. It was the providential governance of Almighty God. She was learning that God was in control. She was learning that God had a plan and a purpose for her life and was ordering things and overruling things to bring that plan to pass. Often the blessings we experience in life serve to teach us that God is in charge and He is in control. God's blessings are often the classroom of life whereby we learn that He has a plan and a purpose for our life and is working to fulfill that purpose. She had also learned something about God's provision. For instance, notice verse 14 of Ruth chapter 2. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, Come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. Also, notice verse 17 in the same chapter. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. She had had her belly filled by the middle of the day, and she had a basketful by the end of the day. By the way, an ephah was approximately eight gallons. So Ruth was learning exactly the same lesson that the Apostle Paul had learned. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My point is that she was learning that God would supply all her need according to His riches in glory. She was learning what David would one day learn and testify to in Psalm 35, verse 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Pastor and author Ken Trebet gives this personal testimony. I remember when my wife and I were first married. As teenagers, we sang in a chorus group from our church. God had called us to Bible college, and the last time we sung with the chorus was at Hunter First Baptist Church in Elizabethtown, Tennessee. We sung the verses of Because He Lives. The pastor introduced us and made mention that we were leaving for Bible college. After we sang the song, the pastor of the church got up and said, God has laid it upon my heart that He wants us to help this young couple. People started coming from all over the building, putting money on the altar. We knew that God had called us to school, but had no idea how we were going to get there, much less attend school. But God met our need that night. That night, God taught us that He could and would provide for our needs. Great testimony. But that testimony does not belong to Brother Trevet alone. I cannot tell you how many times God has provided for the needs of Karen and me. I remember numerous times when I was teaching in Christian school and times were especially financially challenging that the Lord provided the funds we needed. What Ruth was learning, what Paul and David learned, what Pastor Trevet and what Karen and I learned was and is that God will supply. So you see, God's blessings in our life increases our knowledge and apprehension of God. 
But furthermore, we see that God's blessings inspires our appreciation. We read in Ruth chapter 2, verse 10, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? The blessing she experienced moved her to humility and gratitude. Listen, the overwhelmed heart is always an overflowing heart. The goodness of God inspires the thankfulness of man. I once read a definition of a Christian that I think is excellent. A Christian is someone that does not have to consult his bank book to see how wealthy he really is. Glory to God, we are so blessed. Our wealth may not be reflected in our checkbook, but it is revealed in God's book. We are daily loaded with God's blessings. Every day ought to be a day of thanksgiving. A little girl whose father was a disc jockey was invited to a friend's house for dinner. She was asked to say the blessing. The little girl cleared her throat, <clears throat> looked at her wristwatch, and said, This food, friends, is coming to you through the courtesy of Almighty God. When we realize and reflect on the blessings we enjoy hourly, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and eternally, our hearts ought to be overwhelmed with thankfulness and overflowing with thanksgiving. Look, the blessings of God, at least in part, ought to inspire every human being, but especially the believer. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of His goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But the blessings of God are not intended to just enrich us physically and spiritually. Secondly, think with me of how God entrusts us with His blessings. In verse 17, we see Ruth returning home with an ephah of barley, which is about eight gallons. She has all this barley. What is she going to do with it all? What should we do with all the blessings we experience and enjoy? Ruth realized, as should we, that she had been entrusted with all the barley she had gleaned. As we think about our blessings, we need to be mindful that the blessings of our life are seen by others. Notice verse 18. And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. Can't you just hear Ruth kicking against the door with her foot saying, Open the door! I've got my arms full! The blessings of God in Ruth's life were obvious. Naomi saw what she had gleaned. And Naomi says in verse 19, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where rottest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. Let me put a little down-home paraphrase on her words. Lamb sakes alive, child, where did you get all that barley? God had blessed her, and it was obvious. I remember reading a sermon by a preacher whose name I have long forgotten, in which he asked a very pointed question. The question he asked struck my heart like an arrow. This is what he asked. What is it about your life that cannot be explained in terms of the natural, but only the supernatural? I'm afraid that in too many cases we are naturally religious. We come to church with a stained glass look on our faces and speak in funeral home tones. The preacher stands in the pulpit and intones, Dearly beloved, as if he just swallowed the communion table. It is like the description one individual gave. They're praising God on Sunday, but don't be concerned. They'll be all right on Monday. It's just a little habit they've acquired. Let me give you a quote from Ken Trevett. 
I fear that instead of being naturally supernatural and supernaturally naturally, we are just naturally natural and natural naturally. Now some of you are thinking, say what? What does that mean, preacher? Brother Trevette means that our lives ought to naturally reflect the supernatural power of God at work in them. And that the supernatural ought to be so common in our lives that it is natural to us. Naomi saw the blessings of God in Ruth's life. Do others see God's blessings in our life? Can they look at our life and it is obvious from what they see that God is doing something in our life? There's an interesting statement found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are our chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. In the Greek, the words translated show forth describe an advertisement. You could say we are to be a billboard for Jesus. We are to be a living, breathing advertisement of who God is and what He can do. And Ruth was just such a billboard. Notice with me how Ruth was a billboard for God. Look at verse 19. Naomi asked where she had gleaned, but Ruth did not tell her where she had gleaned, but with whom she had gleaned. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I have wrought today is Boaz. Ruth witnessed to the blessings she received from Boaz. We should be a witness to our Lord and all He has done. Our very lives should be an advertisement for the Lord. That is what Peter had in mind in another verse. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why would somebody ask you about the hope that is in you? Because you've been advertising for the Lord. You and I should be walking sandwich board signs for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the blessings God gives us are intended to be seen by others. But we are also reminded that the blessings of our life are to be shared with others. I call your attention again to verse 18 where it says, And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. Ruth shared with Naomi what she had been blessed with. I'm sure that Ruth almost ran home with her body, all the time thinking about what she had to share with her mother-in-law. She couldn't wait to give her a portion of what she had received. Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse 7, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Listen, what I am going to say is something far too many Christians either do not know or ignore or refuse to believe, or they just reject it outright. There is a divine cycle involved in the blessings of God. The blessings come down from God to man, go out from man to man, go back from man to God, and then the cycle starts all over again. But far too many believers are like the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is so named because of the unusual amount of salt that is found in the water. Normal seawater weighs about ten and one quarter pounds per gallon and contains about one half pound of salt. But the water from the Dead Sea weighs about twelve and one quarter pounds and contains approximately three and one third pounds of salt. That is over six times more salt than normal seawater. Very little life exists in its waters because of such a heavy salt content. 
One of the reasons that the Dead Sea is so salty is that it has six main inlets, but no outlets. In other words, water is constantly flowing in from the six inlets, but there is no outlet for that water to flow out of. In other words, it is always taking in, but never giving out. Someone has said that our service to people is the paying of interest on the life that has been loaned to us. Our blessings are alone from God to be shared with others. All the barley we have reaped is not to be stored in barns, but shared with others. Benjamin Franklin once received a letter thanking him for his service. He replied, As to the kindness you mentioned, I wish I could have been of more service to you than I have been. But if I have, the only thanks that I should desire are that you would always be ready to serve any other person that may need your assistance. As for my own part, when I am employed in the service of others, I do not look upon myself as conferring favors, but paying debts. We experience the blessings, and we are to extend the blessings. We take in the blessings, and we are to give out the blessings. We glean, and we are to give. We are blessed, and we are to be a blessing. And may I add that this receiving of blessings, and then being a blessing, extends to more than just materials and monetary blessings. We have been blessed by the gospel, and we should give it away to others as well. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, According to the glorious gospel, the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, we have been entrusted with our blessings so that we will glorify the Lord and so that we will give them away. And that includes the giving away of the gospel. And then thirdly, think with me of how God employs us by His blessings. We are enriched through, entrusted with, and employed by God's blessings. The blessings we experience actually become an instrument in the hand of God to bless others. The food we glean often becomes the food that others eat. I hear people say all the time, I want God to use me. One way in which He is going to use you is through what He has already done for you. Notice how God used the blessings He had given to Ruth to bring blessings into Naomi's life. Notice how He takes our blessings and uses them in the lives of others. First, we see that God uses our blessings to encourage a weak faith. Notice verse 20, And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be the Lord who had not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. When Naomi had returned to Bethlehem, Judah, she called herself Mara, which means bitter. That was a reflection of how she felt about her life and her circumstances. She stated that the Lord had brought her home empty. She considered herself living but also dead. But when Ruth walked through the door with all that barley, it was like Naomi saying, God has not forgotten me. He still loves me and cares for me. Her weak faith was strengthened by the blessings she observed and obtained from Ruth. Ruth had a need in her life. God met that need. And by that which God met her need, God also met Naomi's need as well. There have been needs in our life, and God met our needs. And it may be that God wants to take what He has done for us to help others. What God has done for you may be how He will use you to help others. You that have lost a mate, have wayward children, have some physical affliction or ailment, God can use you to be a blessing to others. 
you can share what you have learned and received of the Lord. That is exactly what Paul was speaking of in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. There it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. There's a ministry in California called Spatula. It is a ministry that seeks to give help, counseling, and guidance to parents whose children are homosexual. It was begun by a woman whose son walked in the kitchen one day and said, Mom, I'm gay. It was a bombshell to this mother. Through her trial, she discovered that there were little resources for people that were going through what she was going through. That realization led to the founding of Spatula. What God has done for you may be how He will use you to help others. God can use you to be a blessing to others. You can share what you learn and what you have received of the Lord. We also see that God uses our blessings to establish a worshiping faith. Consider Naomi's reaction in verse number 20. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and the dead. Naomi here now praises God. Her weak faith is now a worshiping faith. God used Ruth's blessings to encourage a weak faith and establish a worshiping faith. Our former experiences of God may be just what someone else needs for a fresh encounter with God. What God has done in our lives may be that which God will use to make Himself real in someone else's life. What will we do with all the barley God has blessed us with? Let it become food for others. When we have counted our many blessings, what are you going to do with the surplus? Are you going to be like the prosperous man that Jesus spoke of in Luke chapter 12? God blessed him with a bountiful harvest. And what did he do? He built bigger barns and kept it all for himself. And God called him a fool. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 12, verses 20 and 21. But God said unto him, Thou fool! This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You see, when you take the blessings of God and give them back to Him or use them to bless others, you are no fool. That is why God gives us blessings. Not to hoard them for ourselves, but to give them away. So let your blessings become a blessing to someone else. So let me ask you two questions as I prepare to close. First, when was the last time you counted your many blessings? When was the last time you thought about how good God has been to you and were inspired to appreciation and gratitude? Take a moment to think about how good God has been to you and then count your blessings. And second, are you hoarding and keeping the blessings of God for yourself? Have you and are you ready to give away what God has given you? Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Are you ready to be a blessing to others?